El Salvador is the only country in the world where you can buy almost anything with Bitcoin. With a decentralized domain, all the records are stored on a public blockchain and no one can take it down, not even the inventors of the blockchain. Smart contracts could make supply chain management simpler and more transparent. The idea is to create a single source of information about products in a supply chain via a global ledger. NFTs are definitely becoming a major, major roadblock that live events are going to have to cross in the near future. So I found myself asking, what is the exact state of blockchain adoption? Um, <laughs> needless to say, the answers are not exactly straightforward. In 2023, it's hard not to argue that blockchain technology has retained its reputation as a solution that's searching for matching problems, and I'm on a mission to find out why. On this episode of The Money Panda, I invited Alexandra Kahn to help unpack this and give some perspective into the adoption of the technology in her part of the world. Alex is a digital nomad who's taken time off crypto journalism to host the Wildlife Unschooling podcast. And it's safe to say she had a lot to say on this. So let's get into it, shall we? Welcome to The Money Panda, hosted by Elvis Kolawale. Hello, everyone. You are welcome to The Money Panda. And today I have Alexandra Kahn's, the host of the Wildlife The Unschooling podcast. Um, Alexandra, why don't you tell our viewers uh, what the podcast is about and what you're up to in the blockchain space? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, my podcast is uh, basically focusing on unschooling means alternative education. What does that mean? How does that look like in everyday life? And mm -hmm. how does it change you as a person? And I found in the last seven years I've been working in the blockchain crypto space, I met so many inspirational people there and so many of them were homeschooling, world schooling, unschooling their children. So I was like, okay, it's a niche and I found another niche in this niche. So um, this is what I'm looking <laughs> out for. Oh, people lovely. Who are interested a that, niche yeah. within a niche. Okay, so that's people <laughs> in the blockchain space and people who are looking to unschool people within the blockchain space. True, yeah, because I found that these people are, um, they have another outlook on life most of the time. And for me, that was quite interesting to see how this is aligning with how you educate your child. And they travel a lot, they are open minded, so they find alternative ways and create community around schooling is only Bitcoiners or blockchain uh, lovers uh, that is not what I uh, intend but yeah in general it's for like-minded people who are into unschooling yeah I love so one thing I really loved about you like when I first saw your profile was the um, libertarian leaning you do have because of course like liberty that's a huge thing the blockchain brings um, or at least that's what it's promising to bring um, that's what it did promise to bring, and I am hopeful that it does actually deliver that um, all over the world. Because I'd like to argue that perhaps that narrative is being is unraveling a little bit at the moment, you know, given the actual state of the industry right now. But um, I think that's pretty much what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the state of blockchain adoption. So um, first things first. <laughs> Um, as a blockchain bull myself, I'd love to say, you know, I, I think the blockchain has been accelerated, especially in the global south where I'm from, as I told you, um, like its use cases are very dear, near and dear to us. They affect people's everyday lives. I wouldn't say it's exactly the same in the global north, but, you know, 
Um, how do you see the state of blockchain adoption right now, especially regarding cryptocurrencies? I, I think I can think of some high profile use cases already that the blockchain um, has already been able to tackle and some things the blockchain has is already involved in some industries blockchain is already involved in. But then how do you currently see the state of blockchain adoption? I mean, regarding crypto, um, let's uh, see from my point of view, I'm from Germany, I live in Spain. So here is not a lot going on uh, when it comes to uh, crypto adoption, blockchain adoption. It's more like healthcare institutes are looking into it, governments looking into it, CBDCs are on the rise. Spain is already trying a bit of CBDCing. And I would say adoption for normal people, you and me, is not that great here. So uh, a lot of people heard from it. Uh, sometimes it's in the mainstream media, for example, when Bitcoin is falling to its all-time low or if it uh, is hitting another all-time high, of course. But in general, there's nothing like, oh, let's uh, pay with Bitcoin here or there. And hmm, I have been to Madeira uh, in January because I was so excited to see how Bitcoin adoption is going on there. And it wasn't so impressive, I need to say. It was oh. boring because there's... Yeah, I, was I thought they had maybe they had some um, sort of a they had some sort of a cluster or something or some sort of a program. Mm -hmm. I think they had something something. So it's it's not like that yeah. on the ground. Yeah, yeah, they're working on it. Yeah, they're working on it. But um, as a normal citizen uh, traveling Madeira, it, it it isn't the Bitcoin feeling I was expecting. It's not El Salvador, uh... of course. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, from my point of view, I'm now on the Canary Islands here. It's nothing going on. People love cash. They hate taxation. It is uh, you are uh, considered intelligent if you are smart enough to avoid taxation. So people here like cash. They are far away from using any kind of digital currency here. And what I see is in my community, there are a lot of people looking into Lightning because it's just cheap and it's convenient. And But this huge mass adoption movement, I don't feel it. I don't see it. It's more like government and healthcare. It's it's the industry. It's the industry that is adopting. But the people itself, I think we are far from that. We are still so early. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I. It, in Nigeria, it might look very different to what I experience in uh, Central Europe or even on these little islands. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, in the Nigerian case, I would say that a lot of the adoption is more or less um, limited to crypto. I would say that's more or less the exposure blockchain adoption has um, over here um, because there's like there's lots of problems like um, inflation hedges. There's stuff like um, draconian leadership, say, on the financial front, on the ideological front. So it's more like um, you could you could argue, you know, um, let's say politically, like people who want to, say, break away from the shackles of, you know, centralized systems easily go ahead to build DAOs. They easily, like, employ cryptocurrencies to try and fund, you know, movements that advocate for one thing or the other and um that's more or less where it's limited to here then you know i'm not exactly surprised that you know the the adoption is not so widespread elsewhere because like you said we're very early and you know it, it, there's no it, there's no rush you know we have to for example get the um we have to get the technology like up to speed and have it user friendly before of course um people do start to use it so yeah, coming to that, like, what do you feel are the challenges 
you know, why blockchain blockchain-led solutions are not exactly being widely adopted. Um, say where you're from. I know you said something like people love cash because it helps them evade taxes or something. <laughs> but you know, are there any other challenges you could point out? Yeah, sure. For example, on the island where I live, there is a lot of there are a lot of old people. They don't even have a smartphone, so they are far away from using any kind of technology at all. But in general, I would say uh, for the German market, it's always how much of an um, hustle this energy consumption thing is. Because people are always about, oh, this is consuming too much energy. Bitcoin is consuming too much energy. But I think they just don't understand why it needs to consume so much energy. And uh, energy consumption, maybe I'm the opposite of mainstream here right now. But uh, I think it's, it's quite an important thing. Um, but in Germany, no matter what, you always hear about this energy consumption. We need to look out for this energy. So I think this is a, a problem in Germany, for example. And general speaking, German people love regulation. They love laws. And there are just not enough laws for blockchain applications. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people actually, <laughs> they are leaving Germany uh, to, to find another country that is more open-minded or where they feel um, safer let's say it like that because in germany wow. regulation is super slow and it's so strict and you have to have two million um little i don't know details for security for price privacy and everything so it is a huge thing to start something with a kind of new technology in germany um maybe it is a bit less strict in the rest of europe i would say for example malta is very known for being a blockchain hub nowadays and i know that one of the biggest blockchain scams comes from the canary islands actually so mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know what it is and blockchain has a bit like the image of criminal connection you know because there have been so many it's not even a lot but there have been some issues let's call it issues with the dark net and some kind of scams in the uh, especially crypto uh, related blockchain scene so uh, people in germany they love security and if they see something it's a scam it's something not very safe it's like burned forever yeah. maybe. and i think block yeah so blockchain is still recovering from that image um and i i see that people maybe are not educated enough on that topic to really be mm. interested and to really use it but maybe they don't have to because onboarding people into blockchain systems doesn't have so it doesn't have to be so complicated when the blockchain is somehow in um, just one layer of, of a lot of layers. So it's more in the background and we're not there yet, I guess, because if you want to use, for example, MetaMask, it's easy, but it's still too complicated for non-native crypto people, I guess. So knowledge is a huge thing. And I would say wrong knowledge as well, because there is so much material out there talking about scams <laughs> and this and that of course yeah. it's for the clicks everyone wants to click on a on an article about scammy shit of course but for the image uh, of blockchain itself um that suffered a bit because of that so i think yeah security privacy regulation and all these things are factors that might lead to a slower blockchain adoption mm. in central europe okay and you know Okay, I think you did mention lots of things. I I think I'd like to think, you know, like you said, regulations are a bit looser and maybe attitudes and cultures are a bit different in, say, parts of Europe, you know, perhaps even um, the USA and you know, other parts of the world. I, I'd like to think attitudes are a bit different, a bit more, a bit more loose. 
um, because you said something you said something quite funny um germans do love lots of regulations and it reminds me of it reminds me of why um germans despite the fact that you are more or less a global superpower when it comes to cars like the ev revolution was really slow and then when i you know, did a bit of research into that. I realized, oh, they were giving them this to do, that's to do, this to overcome. You know, it's 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 quite that kind of place. And I, I do understand that perhaps maybe that's what worked in the 20th century, but then I'm not sure that's quite what's required for um, rapid growth in this century. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I think that's why, you know, the blockchain has advanced in other countries um, much faster, like here in the global south. Okay, those are challenges. I feel they're not quite um they're not quite unique to Germany, but then in other places where they are already being adopted, for example, in the United States, um, where we have the likes of Ripple trying to um, revolutionize banking. We have um, El Salvador in which like the cryptocurrency is a legal tender. And we have people who are looking to implement blockchain in different new industries, such as um, the supply chain, such as um, ticketing and so much. What, what um, industries do you feel that the blockchain could really revolutionize the most? Which industries right now do you see that you feel that the blockchain could potentially touch and it could really like supercharge forever i would say it's finance and not because i'm so happy about cbdc's i'm not i don't like that movement at all but Me just too. imagine bitcoin nice no, okay, we are on the same <laughs> so yeah. just imagine bitcoin is real and it's not a trojan horse uh, made by the cia or some other creepy institute or organization uh, just imagine <laughs> it's real and it is freedom money just imagine this is our ticket to freedom maybe so we are still so early we don't know and we might never know because um i don't know how old i will get <laughs> maybe i die tomorrow i will never find out but the chances are there that this might be our ticket to financial freedom and to overall freedom maybe but leave that aside i think in every industry sector yeah. blockchain has a could have a huge impact on leaving us a little bit better in the long term but still i'm afraid that the wrong people might use it for the wrong purposes because if everything is on the blockchain and tomorrow somebody is like ah i hate everyone who's into nike shoes somehow so uh, and we all buy this blockchain base and we all have this record of buying these kind of shoes so they just need to drive by our house have a little interference with us that is not so positive for us ourselves and we are gone so I think, of course, shoes is a very stupid example, but you know what I mean. The blockchain yeah. could be the next shitless list, and we don't want that. So we have to be very um, cautious what we are really doing on the blockchain, how much privacy we ourselves want to have. And I think a lot of people are not well educated enough on this um, privacy thing to really use blockchain for themselves, because even I, I, I'm a native, I think, and I still don't have no clue. <laughs> I feel not enough clue to really have a clue. So let's say it like that. So yeah. I would say blockchain could be a huge game changer for every centralized system so far. And I would really like to know how decentralization would change our world if there would be no evil <laughs> ideas behind projects. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> you know, like you you talking about um you know um some creepy figure or figures um who who might have brought Bitcoin to life. It, it reminds me of something that that I'll publish pretty soon. It's about um uh, who the potential founders of Bitcoin are or who the potential founder is. You know, and um I mean it's let's just say it's interesting to find out what the the motivations for like bringing it to life actually were and um. I guess that's something we'll find out one day. I guess the truth never like hides for too long. And yeah, and yeah, you also have the the issue of real centralization. When you have real centralization, you know what exactly happens? Like you said, is it like a situation where evil people have their way? Because sometimes there are laws that are meant to protect more vulnerable people from evil actors. And then when you know the data of everyone is out there and you know everyone is put on level playing field that always leaves the potential for sharks to you know pray if i'll if i'll say it that way and um and also sometimes uh, we, we already have in this space um projects that aren't exactly decentralized and so that more or less defeats the purpose of having them on the blockchain when the assets the underlying assets aren't exactly decentralized and they're controlled by authorities that are well entrenched in, um, you know, the old financial system and the old world, if I'll call it that. So, so yeah, those are some problems. But yeah, you did make a good point. Um, when put in the right hands, um, yeah, it does have the, the ability to revolutionize finance. I, from Nigeria, I know about this firsthand. I really understand, you know, how it revolutionizes um, cross-border payments, how it revolutionizes um, having access to a hedge against inflation and, and, you know, so much more that lots of people in the West would more or less take for granted. Like it means everything to people who live um, in the global South. You can imagine someone in Venezuela, someone in Argentina, or someone in a war-torn country, you know, cryptocurrencies and um, stuff and databases that are blockchain-based are the only way to really securely hold data, even though it's just transfer it's transparent and privacy might be um, privacy might be an issue. The truth is, privacy is more like a second concern to people who might have their lives being threatened. So, yeah, um, I do understand your point. So, um, last thing I'd want to raise is, um, of course, which blockchain use cases you'd say you've been impressed with so far like in the entire world um say in any industry in any country which particular blockchain use cases have caught your eye and they feel like a resounding success to you yeah that is a good question i think i never saw any blockchain use case out there that left me like wow that is it except of bitcoin of course that uh, left me stunned but uh, all all the other things were like, okay, we already have that. We try to make it a little bit better, but somehow still not working out the way you planned it to work out. But what I see is that there, that there are um, a lot of young people. I mean, young. We are still young, I hope, but <laughs> but there are a lot of like twenty twenty year old uh, dudes who are really into their technology and use it for their um, to let's say, improve their main concept. I met two guys. Um, I think the project is called Sustain. And they're 
all about sustainability. And of course, in Germany, everyone loves that. And I really hate that subject because I think most of the sustainability mm-hmm. stuff is actually going into the wrong direction. And it's more or less like, mm, I don't know. Just commercializing it's, it. Maybe it's important. <laughs> yeah, it's buzzwording and nothing is behind the scenes. You know, it's just money flows there, money flows there. We are all fine. It's so sustainable. Yeah, but these guys actually do something. <laughs> so... I really like that because they are so young, they're full of this energy that young people still have. And they want the blockchain to really force companies to show, to make it uh, transparent, to bring this transparency into the field of um, sustainability. And I really like that because it, it puts a little bit of pressure on these industries, you know. So if they claim to be so sustainable, yeah put it on the blockchain just put it on the blockchain and i really like that approach that we or them they use blockchain to put pressure on these entities that might not mean so well with us and in, in general you know so yeah. of course they are not dealing with nestle at, at this point <laughs> in their project, but maybe one day nestle needs to put step on the blockchain and not on the blockchain they created but oh, more yeah. on a like bigger scale someone else else's blockchain you know and I think in the right hands, it's a nice tool. And I really like putting pressure on people or organizations that are maybe not so nice. So this uh, kind of really made me happy to see that there are people out there living the idea of, no, now I want you to tell me exactly what you're doing behind the scenes. And could be me, but I think it is fair because we they want us to buy their products and their lives, of course, as well. So blockchain will maybe reveal here and there a bit of the truth we already feel and know but then it's quite clear on the blockchain so maybe this is um bringing change and having a real impact maybe i don't know i just hope yeah yeah you know like this example you just gave it i think it's it's more i think it's more tailored towards um cleaning up the supply chain and making companies more accountable especially, you know, these mega corporations that have really dirty supply chains, the Nestle's, the, you know, the giants, you know, you know their names. I, I don't want to look like I'm trying to slander anyone, but, you know, you know, you know the stories, you you know where they get the cocoa from, you know where they get the raw material for all the best-selling products. And, you know, if we could have that on the blockchain, that would be amazing. I mean, the only problem is, like you do say, um, a lot of the projects out here, that that you know purports to say they're doing one thing it ends up to be some kind of a money generating scheme it ends up to be bullshit you know and and that's really disappointing you know because for example imagine somebody trying to do some sort of a knockoff of an existing supply chain um supply chain monitoring tool and then they simply attach a token and then they simply say attach some parts of the app on an L2 blockchain or something like that. And that's not exactly impressive. That's not innovative. And it doesn't exactly do what other things have failed to do previously. In fact, sometimes it more or less helps to enable more bad behavior from these people. So, you know, uh, but I am optimistic, like you said, of course, like with, you know, this technology in the right hands and with the right intentions, yeah, it can revolutionize finance. It can revolutionize the um the supply chain and can revolutionize so much more so um so one last thing before we go i want you to just describe two people in the blockchain space in the web3 space with just one word with just one word 
number one, Vitalik Buterin, founder of Ethereum. Just describe him with one word. Oh, that is hard. <laughs> interesting, but not in a, it's 80% interesting in a scammy way and 20% interesting in a, he gave a scalability on blockchain. That's my thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. So interesting. He's an interesting person. Wow. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And number two, CZ of Binance. Oh, same. <laughs> but let me think of another word because that's sorry. Uh, <laughs> he is very business. I would say business. I don't know how much he really buys of that Bitcoin revolution thing. I don't know if he wakes up and he's like, oh my God, I'm all in Bitcoin. I don't think he is. So. Mm. I would say he's 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 representing business for me. It's not really about onboarding people <clears throat> or adoption. It's nice that he is enabling that really, but that is not point of my interest. So I would say I like I, I'm not even interested in meeting him. You know, all the people in the space. Are like, oh my god, I would love to have an interview with him, or I don't know. And I was always like, I was at a ten chief, and I could have reached out to these people. I was like, no. It's not interesting. It's the same old pattern, but in a new industry. In a new, let's stop that. Yeah. I like yeah, how let's, cynical. Let's, uh, I like, I like yeah. how cynical you tend to be. <laughs> no, I like it because, like, I think one of the reasons, like, um, why we're out here, like, we're, we're, we're out here to, like, try and, like, expand our minds, expand the possibilities of what should be. You can't just see somebody, like, perpetuating the very same thing, just in different packages, yes. different box, and then... You're just looking at him. Although you, you see people like that, you see there are so many names I want to mention, but I I just wouldn't do that. You know, there are lots of people out here. You know, they're more or less business people. And they, it looks like those are the guys who are representing the interests of the space. But then, you know, I, I don't quite think it's for the best. But then that's what we have for now. And we have to, you know, work with that to like move forward. So anyways, um, thank you so much, Alexandra. This was so interesting. You are interesting. Same. In fact, I think we should have like more conversations like this. Perhaps I could have you on Man. again. And um, I really loved doing this. This was lots of fun. Thank you so much. And if you're still watching, this has been Money Panda episode six. And we've been talking about the future of blockchain adoption and, you know, the entirety of... <laughs> all it could take to um, <clears throat> accelerate blockchain adoption world over. And I've had Alexandra Kahn's here breaking down everything and trying to call out the BS in the space. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Alexandra, and see you on the next one. Bye.